Okay. So, to remind you from way back when, although as Sandy said, you've been studying while I've been gone, um, that we've been dealing with the blessings that are necessary both before and after, and what happens under special occasions. What happens if we had like a, a compote as such? What happens if we had things where the um, fruit itself was, uh, was there but was in a different manner? What happens if we have issues related to uh, things where there are both the ikar and the tafel, those which are um, the major and, if you will, the minor? What, what kinds of things do we say under those kind of conditions? And we're going to continue in that realm, although there will be some very interesting language that I want to concentrate on for at least a little bit of time, too. Uh, in terms of, and it actually will, of course, I'm a couple weeks out, but it will relate to Pesach, by the way, as you'll see in Matzah and those kind of things. Um, and it relates, therefore, to what brachot, again, do we recite? And that's the, really the categories that we've been dealing with. The category, <coughs> excuse me, the category will continue, but it'll, inter- it'll in, um, introduce itself through various different categories. 168. Okay, so we're at the Bet Darash Rav Nachman Mishum Rav Benu. Everybody want, anybody want to start? Okay, thank you. Okay, so the interesting part here is we're now going to deal with personalities. Or <coughs> and as which I'm teaching, of course, at Spurtus this week in its MA PhD program, and I'm teaching about Rabbi Akiva, and I've just spent oh, almost a half a session, if not a whole session, of what can we believe in terms of these stories and biographies and, and everything. So what do we know here? What we know is Rav Nachman was an important individual. You'll see that it's going to relate very importantly in Babylonia. Okay, Rabbeinu. Now this is an odd term because Mishum Rabbeinu, they already tell you who it is. If we didn't, if it was a normative thing, if it said Rav, if it said um, whoever, and it didn't have to say who is it, that means it's normal. The fact that it has to say Mishum Rabbeinu, Umania, who is that? That's probably an addition somewhere by an editor who said, who is it he really talking about? Because Rabbeinu is not a normal term for Shmuel. Okay? And Rabbeinu is in obviously the plural, our rabbi. And we know in, in Babylonia it was not really Shmuel, but it was Rav. Rav and Shmuel were the two interlocutors to a large extent. And Rav to a large extent was... Uh, except for certain kinds of civil legislation was the one who was considered to be the more uh, authoritative. We know that Rav, was, was, his real name was Abba Aricha, he must have been Tal, Aroch, and he brought the Palestinian <coughs> tradition to Babylonia. And Shmuel was a native. So civil things like Dina de Malchuta Dina, the law of the land is a law, which is Shmuel's, occur there. Monetary stuff normally occur according to Shmuel, but most of the other things is Rav. So just the language here shows you that there was this is probably is some sort of addition in order to be able to um, be able to understand this. And we're going to deal with the difference between a Palestinian tradition and a Babylonian tradition. Again, to remind ourselves, there was a good tra- deal of traffic between Palestine and Babylonia at this time, rabbis moving back and forth. Where were most of the rabbinic academies, if, if they were academies as such? In the north, in the Galil. 
at this point, okay? And you've seen some of them around the synagogue life in the Galileans, you've seen archaeological digs and all those kind of things. So most of them were in the north, and from the north to go over to Syria, that point, Iraq is not that big a difference. And so people move back and forth. Clearly this is the Babylonian Talmud. Therefore, the Babylonian tradition becomes more important than the Palestinian tradition, and to a large extent they look down upon the Palestinian Chachamim, the, the Palestinian scholars. You'll see that in an interesting part of the way this is Galgami phrased. So, Rav Nachman says, in the, could have said just the name of Shmuel, but the fact that it says Rabbeinu is already obviously a higher level, that, but the Talmud, what I would call the editors at this point, normally called in its our phrases that what's known as a sabbo raim, the final people, uh, probably <coughs> added that later to say, well, who really is Rabbeinu? I don't know who Rabbeinu is. Not referred to that any other time. I don't know any time, but on a normative basis, who is it? It's Shmuel, higher tradition, more authoritative. Okay. So, what is the time frame of this? Shmuel, if you take Rav Nachman, is probably second or third generation Babylonia. Okay, so it's post 200, about 300 ish. If I can throw a, you know, common era, that kind of thing. Okay, shlakot. What is a shlakot? These are mixtures again, the equivalent of what we would call compotes or things like that. Okay, so again, what's going to be the issue? The issue ultimately is what is is this still fruit? Is it now boiled stuff, and therefore does it's not considered to be quote unquote fruit any longer? Does it taste like that? What's the admixtures, etc.? According to Rav Nachman, in the name of Shmuel, Shlakot Mevarichim Alehem Borei Priya Adama. Okay? Borei Priya Adama. Not Borei Priya Eitz, but Borei Priya Adama. Okay? Ah, okay, now here you have an interesting phrase. Vechavereinu, our friend. Right? And look at the word, Hayordim me Eretz Yisrael. So, okay, the Yordim, I mean, it's a, the old phrase. People who have literally come instead of Aliyah have gone down. Now, this is this a, 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 a way of saying Eretz Yisrael is important? Maybe, because Yordim me Eretz Yisrael. You're literally going down. On the other hand, it's maybe a put down. And our friends who actually left Israel, and again, you'll recall, I would say two decades ago, the Ordim were considered to be outside, no, both in Israel, Rabin al Shalom called them all kinds of names, you know, and they were never part of it except here. Today, in the global vision of the world, it's a little bit different um, in that realm. And we know who it is, according to him, it's Ula. So Ula was a scholar who actually traveled back and forth. Between Palestine and between and Babylonia, the chaverim ayordim may eretz Yisrael. Go ahead. Okay. Now we know it's a Palestinian tradition. How do I know it's a Palestinian tradition? Rabbi Yochanan. Okay. In most cases, that's 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 our clue. 
שהכל נהיה בדברו. אה, אוקיי. השלקות, בעצם, הכל נהיה בדברו. זה לא פרוט, זה לא גרועות, זה כבר אדמיקסטור. אוקיי? אדמיקסטור. Okay, so the Ani Omer. Who is the Ani in this case? Okay. So it seems to be perhaps Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Nachman. Okay. Um, so who basically says um, that there's a thing in a Machloket. And what is Machloket? And this means there's an er, they're involved with an earlier discussion, an earlier disagreement. Meaning, there were all, each of them has an opinion, and they've based this opinion upon earlier Tanaim and an earlier uh, discussion, an earlier um, disagreement. How do we know that? The Tanya, which tells us right away it's a Tanaitic source. It's the time of the, roughly the time of the Mishnah. It's earlier than the Talmudic discussion itself. Okay, so you can see the layers here. So in terms of the discussion now, Richard, if we were going to do it, the people are going to talk about Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Meir and Yossi, Rabbi Kiva students. So we're back into the roughly first century of the common era, and maybe the second century of the common era. You can't really tell. Okay, so Yotzim, you fulfill your obligation. What does this have to do with Pesach? Okay, it has to do with Pesach. It's a section that comes from Sahim. You can fulfill your obligation for Matzah on Pesach. That's what we're now dealing with. Okay, which says birakik. So rakik is some sort of wafer. Hasharui, sharui means basically to to be placed in, the dunked in. Uvemuvshal shaloni moach. Moach means it hasn't fallen apart. I mean it's still there. In other words, if what ha normally we eat the matzah on Pesach, right? Straight as it is. But well, what happens if you put it into something, into water? Okay, into some sort of liquid. Well, after a while, it starts breaking. Up. Eventually, it'll break up. And it's, but is it is it totally dissolved? Mm, not necessarily. But is it real matzah at the end? Okay, it depends. Okay, it depends. And again, matzah, Jane, matzah may not have been exactly as we know it right now here. Take it for no. Okay, it may have may have been more of the Yemenite matzah, you know, those kind of things that that were not, that you know not would not taken from the strites and Yehuda matzah and that kind of thing, or, or the you know the the, um, the the real the, the real matzah which never breaks whatsoever, you know, matzah shmura. All right, Divrei Rabbi Meir. So Rabbi Meir says you can fulfill your obligation. It's still, you can say, Allah hilat matzah. V'rabi Yossi Omer, Zubzbar Pluka, Yotzim berakik hasharui, if it's dunk in the liquid, okay? Avalobevevushal, not with it's already boiled, because then it's going to lose 
its sense of being matzah, even though it hasn't, in a sense, followed apart. Okay? So, what, what do we deal with this? Let's look, for instance, if you look about, uh, on the left-hand side at Rashi, it says, Amar Shlakot Shakol Vani Omer. Frank, you see it? Shakol Vani Omer. Shehem Halukim that they are involved with the di- with the discussion Plukta is the discussion or this agreement between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi and Shmuel and Rabbi Yochanan are not merely about matzah, it's about all manners of vegetables and whether it's boiled or not boiled and what bracha are you supposed to say? Shmuel ke Rabbi Meir, that's the key now. Shmuel holds like Rabbi Meir, which means yotzin beraki kasharui. You fulfill your obligation of matzah and you can say al achilat matzah and therefore, shlakot hamavarchim alehem. There's still fruit. There's still vegetables. You can say bore priyadama. Taivim milte. It exists at in and of itself. It's still the vegetables. It's still the fruit, etc. But Rabbi and Rabbi Yochanan holds like Rabbi Yossi. What does Rabbi Yochanan say? What do you say? Shakol Bivaro. It's a totally new thing, and according to Rabbi Yossi, you can't. It's not real matzah at that point, and you can't say Allah hilat matzah. So what they've done, which is a normative part, yeah. Do you have your hand up? I do. Because okay. That, so we do that at the seder. What do we do at the seder? Correct. And the rest of the week. Some you just say motzi because the the, so the mitzvah of at the seder. Yeah, they're talking about at the seder because it's yotzin. You only have to fulfill the obligation of matzah at the seder. You don't have to eat matzah the rest of the week. You can't eat chametz. Okay, you can't eat chametz, but the the achilat matzah. The, the, that's why yotzin. You know, out there, it's at the seder because they fulfill their obligation. On the sixth day, you don't have a, an obligation of eating matzah. So it's fascinating to me that they would have it cooked. That it, because for us, it's like so separate at that time. Correct. It's not a matter of cooked, it's boiled. So what happens, okay, what happens today if you have somebody who has digestive problems and they cannot digest matzah? No, there's a problem. Egg matzah, you know, for those who are in room, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, so that's the question. Part of sense, Mars, that's a part of the, that's part of the question now. What happens? Can you kind of put it into some sort of a liquid so it can be? How do you do the obligation if you can't right. eat it? Right. Okay. Right. Is the obligation related to consistency or taste? There has to be, in other words, there has to be something there still matzah. That's the question. Okay, so the same thing as this thing, this boiled vegetables. Is it still vegetables or is there something totally new? All right? Brian makes a vegetable soup a lot. Okay? What bracha do you say on the vegetable soup? Okay, is it the irakot 
Or that's, you know, there's also this in there and that in there and this in there. It's not, your Akkot are part of it. But what's most of it? Most of it's liquid in the long run. Okay? So the vegetables are there. You can taste them, presumably. It does a good job at it. Okay? You can taste it. But you know, you save, you actually say a coal over the soup. Because it's a whole new thing. Just make months, you don't have to worry. Okay. <laughs> I said that last time. What did she say? If you make mozi, you don't have to worry. I was saying that. What I said. Okay. So, everybody, everybody, again, the structure here gives you an understanding of how the Talmud works in terms of its layers. We have a Babylonian discussion with a Palestinian individual, and they say, that's fine, they can disagree because one agrees according to Rabbi Meir, and one agrees according to Rabbi Yossi. If they have an agreement, a disagreement, there's a disagreement. Mela. That's fine. Now go on. The Talmud comes back and says, back to the Talmud itself. Velohi. It's not really the case that, that, that they disagree on the, on the disagreement of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi. Okay, everybody thinks you say Borei Priyadama and the Shlakot, those things that are boiled vegetables, Shah. The Adkan. There, but, but Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold by the Shlakot in the same way as he does with Matzah, which has a special bracha, and in which there must be, and here's your answer, Betsy, Ta'am Matzah. Not consistency, but the taste of matzah. Okay, that's the key. So A can hold shlakot with regard to vegetables, big deal, doesn't matter. But whether you can fulfill your obligation for matzah, that is a big deal. That is a big deal. So it's interesting to me that maybe it's coming up, but they assume, there's an assumption that vegetables are similar to matzah. And you can make the argument that um, matzah is different than vegetables. They're not suggesting that they're the or same, and that's why it's the, that, that's why the answer is lohi. They're saying the concept is the same. Right. Okay. The concept is the same. In other words, if I take matzah, okay, and I have I'm having soup, and I break it into like mandolin, okay, and I throw it into my soup, okay, is that well? I can't say it for sure. Alachilat matzah. Okay, it's not a, that's such what you're going to do at Pesa. Is it shakol? Is it motzi, etc.? If I just have vegetable soup by itself, what bracha do you say? So they're kind of they're saying if the principle is the principle the same, that it depends on the taste, or it depends on the consistency, or it depends on that which is ikarantafil, that which is you know central and that which is less central. So maybe they hold this by this. Response is no, they don't hold by that. Rabbi Yossi really believes that with Shlakot you say Borei Priyadama. The question is, what about Matzah, which has a higher level of requirement at the Seder? Because mm -hmm. that's a mitzvah. You don't have to eat the soup, you don't have to eat the vegetables, you have to eat Matzah. Right. And so he basically says they are different in the realm of requirements more than anything else. But you could make a distinction between vegetables and Matzah. You can, but the issue is not that they. The, the issue to them is what we call reshut and mitzvah. The mitzvah of, 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 of matzah is essential. You don't have to have soup. Okay, and if you have soup, what bracha do you say? Big deal, you know. 
but matzah, that's critical. According to the Torah, that's midaraita. You have to eat that, at least at the Seder. So therefore, this analogy here is rejected. Correct. They do not necessarily follow the opinions of Rabbi Meir on one hand and Rabbi Yossi on the other. They all agree with Shlakot that that uh, I mean, as the parallel isn't the same. Shlakot, you say Matzah, they disagree because according to Rabbi Yossi, you have to have the taste of matzah, and according to him, when you do the shlakot, you don't have the taste of matzah. Another question: All this discussion of matzah, would, would we find this same discussion in? It's in Psachim. So if you look, at least in our text, and, and I, don't, I don't remember if it's in there, in the Masorah Hashas, is on the right-hand column at the top, where we have, where it says, you see, Detanya Yotzim, four lines from the bottom, has a little gimel. Okay, and it says that gives you. The old-fashioned cited sources, Psachim Kaf Aleph Mem Aleph Aleph tells you where it is. So it's in Psachim. Do you have that? No, but that's, uh, you've answered my question. Look how, how ahead of the game you are. Okay. <laughs> Today you'd look it up and you know it'd be like so, this. So, they knew it. So if you want to know anything about the laws of Pesach, you can go to go Pesach back to Psachim. And you don't have to. Correct. <laughs> this is only used as a as an example, but if you want to read a full discussion, okay. go back to there. Yeah, right, right. Right, it's all oral, remember. It's all oral. Let's uh, top that yesterday, too. You cannot deal with the stuff unless understanding understand the orality of it, including the Talmud. Very different. Today you just hmm, put in a note, you know, look up Sfaria, this iron. You know, on this thing I have all the texts already, you know. What a pleasure, but what a difference. Okay, it means, you know, libraries... Okay, but here even Rabbi Yossi, you know, would agree that with regard to Shlakot, you have to give you Borei Priyadama. Okay, so that we presume, therefore, you don't. Their argumentation isn't the same. Let's look back at Yonim on the on the top, the other page. Rabotenu Chaverenu. Well, no, I'm good. Thanks. Okay, when we're dealing with a person, the plural of Rabotein or Chaburenu, it's only dealing with one person, Ula, who was this person who traveled back and forth between Palestine and Babylonia. Anvanuto, in his humility. Anava. Karalo Rabotenu. He, he explained, you know, in his humility saw the greatness of Ula and called him that. Okay, what's a choten? That's right, it's an in-law, maybe a brother-in-law, maybe a son-in-law. So, Rav Chista in his humility called him Rabotenu. Rav Nachman, who was Chotno, son-in-law of the Rosh Hagolah, the Resh Galuta, the, the, the Exilarch, and a judge on his own, he called him my friend. Saying, I'm as good as you are. <laughs> okay? 
All right, now let's, we, we did Berkhada Moshe last time. Let's go to the next column, Yerakot Mevushalim. Yer, a, a vegetable which is eaten chai means raw. raw. Or if it's cooked vegetable, you say Borei Priyadama. If it's normally eaten raw and somehow it's used in something which is cooked, you say shakol. Okay, and normally one that's eaten both, even mevushal, you say borei piyadama, and when it's raw, you say shakul. So it depends on how it's normally eaten, and that's not unusual from what we've studied in the past. If you remember the coverings and whether it's eaten normally, picked off the tree, etc. Rakik. Okay, so the, the halacha is So, going back to someone who has digestion problems If they take the matzah and make it soft by putting it into water As long as it has the taste of matzah They fulfill their obligation that's um, that's an it's an important law. What happens if you do it soup rather than water? That's an issue, and, be, and in most cases, people it depends how big, how much you have in there. Depends, as we'll see, an olive thing, etc. Okay, so if you put, you know, when it, when, when you put mandolin or something, and you don't say a bracha special on then you've already said it on the soup. This is the tafel; it's not the, the key thing. Okay, and the ta'amatzah on the next page, you name. It doesn't have to be tasty. It's not the taste itself. So if it's already cooked and such, it's not no longer lechem oni. Lechem oni is the bread of affliction there, there's a concept in the Rambam talks about lechem shonim alav that you tell the story about whatever it is ta'am masha ashira which is egg matzah fruit juices a matzah ashira is equivalent today of, 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 matzah, of egg matzah which you cannot fulfill your obligation with at the Seder itself okay Therefore, you don't fulfill your obligation. Okay, now we can go back to the text. But there's nothing wrong with egg matzah otherwise, right? Right. It's not a matter of as long as it's you know kosher with Pesach, there's nothing wrong. But at the Seder itself, right. there's some people who won't eat it at all. Okay, there's some people who won't eat it at all because it's matzah shiran, whether you say the bracha motzi on it because there's fruit juices in it, etc. But officially not. And then remember that you now have this whole concept of what, ha- what what do you what that some people have that they won't have any kind of liquid? The broth. The broth. Okay, Chabad in particular, that any ki- that they won't have any kind of liquid touch matzah, any kind, and and they don't put it on the table. They don't. It's wild. Okay. So they basically eat a grain free matzah. 
Gavra, it's Yiddish. It's not Hebrew. That's right. So, it's Sharui. So, the equivalent. That would be on. That would not be held. Because there may be some fermentation or something. A lot of potatoes. All right, Gimel. Okay, so we're now have, we're going to have a disagreement again. This time is Rabbi Chia Bar Abba Amar Rabbi Yochanan. You can tell me now where it comes from, of course. Mm-hmm. What's our problem? That's not a problem. There's a disagreement. Thank you. They both say it in Rabbi Yochanan's name. In an oral tradition, there may be different opinions, but if it's the same person, then who's the who's the real disciple? Who's the student? Who has the authentic what we call shmua? Has the authentic the authentic response to what the issue is? Who heard it? Who heard it? Who has the tradition? I got two different people. Okay? And I have one of them as Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, who is a significant individual. And one is Bar Rabbi Binyamin Bar Yefet, who, as we'll see, is not a significant individual. And they're going to play on that. So, so if, it, if this is all because of the oral tradition, they're depending upon the accuracy of certain people's memories. Again, again, that's critical to not knowledge because, again, if you, the people, the scholars during the time of the Mishnah were known as Tanaim. Okay, Tana, tana really is mean to, to take the shin or shana, learn. Okay, and, and the Tana, when it says Tana, as we had, or Ditanya, means a quotation. They were the personal tape recorders. Right. Okay, as I've said before, is it more important to have someone to be have just a good memory or someone to be really intellectually bright to be that personal tape recorder? Which one is it? Huh? Memory. The memory. Because if you have somebody who's bright, they will probably change it on the way. It's like when I first uh, came up with uh, Lexus, you know, the legal. Um, Exactly. Perfect. Okay. It's the old story of you know you hear something and you don't think it's right. That's how. So the the, the concept of manuscript is again lectio difficilis. The more difficult the manuscript, the more authentic. Because what it means is somebody probably corrected it along the line that says oh. There's a mistake here. I'll add something in, or I'll take out a letter, or I'll change the case, or the conjunction, or whatever the case may be. So exactly, Steve, you pick someone who's not, not knowledgeable to say, you know, you're not going to pick a high-priced lawyer to do that who's going to change it on the way because he, to their opinion, or whatever the case may be. You're going to get someone, that's an interesting one, to be able to say, they just know the language in its structure. The letter L is L, and O is O. Yeah. They don't think, oh, it's a misspelling. They just... Right. Yeah, and that, that's critical, okay? We do that all the time. Okay? Again, the old story of the telephone. If I started with Larry, what it, by the time I got to Marcy, it would change. But on the way, it's not only what we hear, but what we think it should be. 
So if you don't get to the first word, the full word, then you kind of make it up because this is what it has to be. Well, that's not an authentic tradition. And the orality of this, which is I say not only the Mishnah, but the Gemara itself, is just critical to understand as we move forward to both the biographies, as I'm teaching downtown, and the sense of the law, because we now have two traditions from one person. What are the possibilities of two traditions from one person? Okay, so he may have changed his mind. You may have said it at one point, and then he learned again and said the later one. So that's one. Okay, what else? They may have interpreted differently. The rabbi might have forgotten. What? Might have forgotten. Okay, might have heard two different things in two different places. Okay. Because it was oral, you know, I've always said when I, when I give a sermon, I know what I say, I don't know what you hear. Okay? And you, and you will walk away with your interpretation of what I say. I heard you usually hear that at Kiddush. You know, as the case may be. Or you tell your friend or don't tell your friend or whatever. Or you pick up certain things and don't pick up other things, etc. So, as you know, I have a written text in most cases. People want to check it. I deliberately do that. Um, the written word is very different than the oral word. The oral word was, was essential because it created the teacher-disciple relationship, but it, it is without doubt, you know, fraught with difficulties, and that's why you have so many things. So you have a case here of two different opinions of Rabbi Yochanan, diametrically opposed, it seems. So what does the Talmud now have to do? Harmonize it. There's no other way. We cannot, we cannot believe that Rabbi Yochanan said both things at the same time, forgot what he said, Brad. It's just not, not Rabbi Yochanan, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe Kurtz, but not him, you know. <laughs> they would say, oh, of course, he just made a mistake, you know. Right, right. No, none of us, right? The president is always consistent, right? <laughs> Steve, I know your mind already. <laughs> We've been together a long time. But Merle's comment really, we don't often think about that, is people can change their minds when, yeah. they, when they learn more. And, and Correct. I don't think even those of us who've been sitting here a long time, the sages say one thing, but it's possible they've changed their mind after they've heard other discussions. And I think that we kind of forget that. That is correct. So now let's figure out how they say. What what as the Talmud interprets it? Okay, okay. Lishabesh is to make a mistake. Shibush. Okay, okay. Ula again was this traveling person. Okay, so he said in Bavel because he had been. These are this is a Palestinian thing. In Divrei Rabbi Yochanan Kigirsat, as the Rush as as he, as um, um, Rashi says, Ula Shamar Mishum Rabbi Yochanan Leel Shakol Lamad Vekava Shibusho Ke Rabbi Binyamin. He made his mistake like Rabbi Binyamin, Ad Shenitkeah Belibo until it became part of him. Litkoa means really to make it its sense, it's part of his being. Vachshav Omer Bevet Midrash B'Shem Rabbi Yochanan. Meaning, he heard it really from Rabbi Binyamin Bar Yefet, but it becomes so central to his understanding that he already attributed it to Rabbi Yochanan. So, again, when you want to attribute something, 
both not only in rabbinic literature, but in legal contexts. Who do you try to attribute to? A great scholar. Okay? A scholar in the, in the legal profession, a scholar in, if you're in social work, or political science, or math, or rabbinics. You can quote the name and you know, drop the name. Oh, well, you know, excellent. Heschel said why. Well, everybody says Heschel everything said everything, you know. The old story is everybody thinks everybody else said something until you have the written word. And you look back and say, oh, well, they maybe didn't quite say that. You know, well, I heard it. That's the way I heard the story, the old apocryphal stories, right? So this seems to be, the, they said, Ula basically, as he was tra heard it in, in Babylon, in, in Palestine, he heard it in the name of Rabbi Binyamin Bar Yefet, became so much as a part of his understanding, right? Then what what happens? He basically then attributed to Rabbi Yochanan. Because what did Ula say in the previous page? He heard it from a person known as Binyamin Bar Yefet. And frankly, Binyamir Bar Yefet is not so important. Yochanan is very important. Yochanan becomes the person who becomes one of the major people in the Jerusalem Talmud. And Yochanan was the father-in-law of Reish Lakish. So he's a very significant person. So, because look at the next question. So, Rabbi Zera. Okay, ask this question. Well, you're comparing Rabbi, Rabbi Binyamin Bar Yefet and Rabbi Chia Bar Abba? Okay. You're going to quote Rabbi Kurtz and Ovadia Yosef says that. What's Kurtz got to do with Ovadia Yosef? Okay. These are scholars. Who's this character? He doesn't appear too often. Ah, Rabbi Chiyabar Abba Dayek. Lidayek means to be exact. What's the what word do you know from it? Diktuk, which we all hated. Right? Grammar, which has to be exact. Dayek. Diyuk. Dayek Vigamir. He learned he was very careful and he learned the Shma'ata. That's the key word here. What is a Shma'ata? Something which is heard, but it's the tradition. He was a student of, of Rabbi Yochanan, and he heard, and he learned it, and, and the, the opinions, and middayek, and he was very careful. He reviewed it. He was very careful with Rabbi Yochanan. You're, if, you're, if, you know, if, you, if you have a teacher who, you would, who has become your real mentor, you want to quote that teacher properly. Okay? If it's not somebody so important, so mele. But if, he's, if he or she is your mentor... You want to make, be able to say, I learned from this person and that person taught me X. Both out of respect to them and because it brings a sense of authority to your statement. But... Rabbi Yemar didn't. He wasn't so careful. Alright? Now, Yefet is an interesting word. What do you know as Yefet? Right? Well, oh, little Bible, guys. Shame, Chamve, Yefet. 
Okay? And according to... Okay? No sons. Okay? Ham was the bad one. Shame was the important one. And Yafet, according to tradition, represented the Greek world. Yafet. Okay? The beauty. The oak, the overarching outer beauty. So the fact that it's Binyamin Bar Yefet is not simply a, a happenstance. It's pejorative. It's pejorative. Clearly it's pejorative. Okay? The other one is Rabbi Chia Bar Abba. Okay? And it's Abba Rich, it's Rav, it's a sig- very significant. Yefet is not a normal name. It's like Christopher, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They may have been scholars, but you wanted to make sure if you st- if you had your discussion yesterday. Okay, I'm going back to class this afternoon at Spurtis, and I'm going to ask my students. So, what did we discuss yesterday? Okay, no, no. Okay, if they took notes, some of them may read back what I said. If they didn't and they remembered, they will give me partially what I said, or they will give me their interpretations of what I said. Okay, so the Tana, his real purpose was to stand, the, the Yeshiva stood, or disciple school, whatever that may mean, read, let, let, worked on Tuesday, and Wednesday they said, please give us back, this is the recorder, the minutes. Now, the, I, I've said before, there is no so- objectivity, because as soon as it enters you, you put it out different way. Somebody writes minutes, it's their interpretation, ultimately, what happened at that meeting. I read minutes all the time of many, many meetings, and sometimes I say, was I at that one? You know? They, they concentrated on X and not on Y. Or they raised their opinion into, you know, I've read some minutes where you could clearly tell this person agreed with this decision and not that decision, and it's right in the minutes. And that becomes the record. It's the record that then, you know, Mort Steinberg's been going back through minutes here. He wasn't around in the 50s at the discussions. So all he has is the minutes of those meetings. And the secretary who wrote them, or whoever wrote them at that time, and it was all written, there were no some things as computers and everything else, that's the only record we have. Um, does translation enter into this anymore as people were going up and back? No, there was a diff- they both knew Aramaic. There was a Palestinian Aramaic and a, and a Babylonian Aramaic, but I don't think as much. There, there were terms that were different but not the language itself. It's like the American English and the British English. Okay? It's really actually the same language, but it doesn't sound the same. You don't spell the same. And there are certain words, as I know better than most of you, that are different with the British English okay, than, than here. <laughs> the, not only, not only the, the, that, but, you know, foyer. Okay, the closets and the cupboards. That's how I grew up. You know, you guys. You know, the cutlery. Okay, those were. Then I came here and I heard. Well, besides the spelling issues, and people would call me up and say, "You don't know English yet." I said, "I speak the Queen's English. You guys know nothing." You know, so the language is the same, but the the slang for sure and the technical terms are somewhat different. It, if in terms of technical terms, sometimes it did. 
Sometimes it did. So did the sages have to come to agreement on who's going to be the uh, the human recorder? Because they're too. Oh, I like this guy because he's. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I don't know of any of, of that discussion. I, I I can't answer that question. It's a good one. Who was actually chosen? And every 30 days, Rabbi Chia would go back to Rabbi Yochanan and said, I want to review with you what you said and all of our learning. So it is here, and I'm able to keep it with me. What and and? Lomadar. He didn't go back. So who's a, whose theory now would you take? Rabbi Chia Bar Abba or Rabbi Binyamin Bar Yefet? Clear. Talmud's making it clear. And, and remember, to a large extent, probably, again, Chia Bar Abba is Babylonia, Binyamin Ben Yefet is Palestine. This is behind this as well to tell you these Palestinians don't know a darn thing. Okay, beside this, beside this, okay, bar, ben mizeh, u ben mizeh. Over and above both of those two reasons. Okay, so tour misa. Again, we have these odd phrases. Those of us who have this book, I think you may have a picture of a Tormisa. Okay, it's a Napporech, Bitzidot Tarmil Zraim What? How do they translate it into the English? A bean. A bean? Okay, whatever that, you know, some kind of bean. That's, a, that's very helpful, right? It's not a normal bean. I don't know what kind of bean. It's a common name to several prints from the late. Lupinus Termis. Okay. Bekarke. Normally, it's now used for uh, food for animals, so that's that's the kind of thing. Okay, so tormush deshalki lay, that it is boiled shvazimnin bektera seven times, meaning it's boiled over and over again. It must have been a hard bean, right? Well, it also says the seeds are used for dessert, even though today the plant is <coughs> right. utilized for animal feed or fertilizer. Correct. Okay, the achli kikinuach. What is kinuach? Dessert. Kinoach is dessert. That's the real word for dessert. Okay, manachrona. Okay, kinoach means something which is something enjoyed at the end. And you eat it as a as a kinoach. Atu. And after it was all boiled and everything, they came to Rabbi Yochanan and somebody and said, "Well, what bracha do I say?" That's even further proof that Chia Baraba was correct. Because now we know really Rabbi Yochanan's view. The Ord. That we're ripping this guy to shreds. Unbelievable. Poor guy. Right. Steve is sitting here. Nobody knows this story. They make this steak on something. Nobody knows this. Forgot this guy. 2,000 years later, he's still ripping this It's like my life. Somebody said to me, you know, 14 years ago, you said. Nobody forgets. This guy. Right. Nobody forgets anything. You know, it's the old story. You don't forget all the good stuff. You remember the one time you were wrong. All right. The one time the person. Made a mistake. Okay, you're right. You'd like to feel. I'd like to feel. You know, a little bit of compassion for the guy, for God's sake. But again, I want to see it in the realm of Babylonian Palestine too. Right, yeah. <coughs> 
Now, so not, not only do we have a sense of, this is a greater scholar. Not only do we have a case of, I've, I asked the question. But now, okay, something which actually happened. As I taught my students downtown, it's the sage is, according to Neusner's Torah incarnate. That what the sage does, like the Rebbe today of the Hasidic dynasty, is law. That's it. You don't need any other choice. You don't need any other thing. That's what it is. Ani Raiti. I saw the Rebbe do X. Oh, if you saw the Rebbe, how lucky. That's got what it's got to be, right? I saw Rabbi curse this. Who cares? You know, it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, only if he does something wrong and makes a mistake. Then all of a sudden, everybody cares. I know how it works. I've done this for a long period of time. It validates everyone else. It validates everybody else. Yeah, it's, you know, it's the old story of lead feet. Okay, Shachal Zayat Maliach. Okay, salted olive. Okay, so the question is, is this a real olive, or because it's salted, it's already, in a sense, boiled and cooked, and that kind of thing? He said the blessing before and after. Now, of course, the question is, what blessing did he say? If you say that the cook's vegetable, the, the vegetable dish as such, is really the real vegetables, then what should he have said? Because it's the real zayat. It's real olive. And what should he say afterwards? Okay? So the, the, not the full Birkat Amazon. Ella. <coughs> But if you say that Ishlakot love, it's it's no longer an olive with maliach. It's something which is new, a new formulation of food. Then you say shakol, and what should you say at the end? Dilma, maybe he said which is what we say. So this one doesn't really give us an answer. Okay, we learned that he did be blessing before and after. The Talmud then says, well, but what bracha did he say? <laughs> if he said X, then I know he holds Y. If he didn't and said Y, then I know he holds something else. It didn't really answer our question. <laughs> This, uh, remember, I, this, I'm only a couple weeks before Pesach, so as you can well imagine, 30 years ago I planned it so you would end up here and, and know that, that this would be the case. Yes. Millie, you doubt me? <laughs> you, you fulfill your obligation. What, now, what is Yerakut that, that really deals with this case? We're going to see it's really Maror to a large extent. Okay, because it doesn't matter what you do. For, you know the the answer of yeah, as long as you have a beret priyadama for the dipping, it doesn't matter. Maror is key because that's al achilat maror. You can fulfill your obligation with it and the kelach. Kelach basically is the cover, the branch, the 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 rest of the the thing as well. Okay, the root. What those of I know at my Seder we have both the root of the horseradish and that which is already prepared. 
My father-in-law liked the roots, so it's part of our seder now. It's the old story of, you know, you know, what you do with your seder. It's what your father did, or your grandfather did, or your uncle did, or what you learned from somebody else in the family. Everybody has their own traditions. As long as you can say the right bracha. Okay, but it can't be cooked, boiled, or anything. You have to be in its original raw form. And if you think it's good enough that you can taste the vegetables in this mixture and you can say Boreak Piyadama, why can't you do that? Response? Same as the matzah. Very different, right? You need the maror. If you, once you cook it already, it's not the same thing. Okay? Most grated horseradish isn't cooked. It's just grated. In Correct. It's grated. It's grated. And, you add, and the red ones, you add, and you add a taste to it. But it's maror. Okay? And that's why some people won't use that. It becomes chazeret for some. If there's chazeret at the table, etc. But the original stuff is... The original stuff. That's the original stuff. Huh? That's the good stuff for some. All right, so let's go. Since you've learned already about Pesach, let's do Ma'inyan Rabbi Yamin and Iunim. Okay, so the, the question of Rabbi Zeir is, is, is answered in a number of different ways. Rabbi Zeir basically says, who is this guy? What's this all about? Etc. Korav. Mehemu Natan. Okay? There are people who said, the question was, how can you believe both of them? They're so diametrically opposed. Mehemu Natan means to be believed. Laha'amin. Okay? They're so diametrically opposed. How could he say possibly both? We're down to the bottom page. To me, that the, the surprise, the question of Rabbi Zera. Hashlachot hilchatiot. Hashlacha. May I know the word Hebrew word? It, it, it has. Uh, uh, okay. Hashlacha no. means it, it has. Uh, it has. Um, halakhic. Um, what's the right word I'm going to look for? Um, Mm. Okay, it, ha- it has halakhic ramifications, that's it. Okay, implications or ramifications. Okay, that there really is a difference between these two, and it has hal- the answer is it has halakhic ramifications. Said maybe Rabbi Yochanan Bar Yitzchak thought that Ula actually followed Rabbi Binyamin and Yefet. Not possible. Who the heck is this guy? As we've seen. Okay, couldn't do it against the person of a great authority like Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Chia Bar But he he actually said it in two different occasions. I said that. 
Okay? And that's really the difference. He said it in two different opinions, two different times, changes, whatever the case may be. But there's no way you're going to... Okay? They're telling you there's one scholar of great import, and there's somebody else. <coughs> you know? There's somebody else. Okay, Mahadar Talmudei. Tamsit. What's Tamsit? The kernel. He went over the, the kernel of his teaching. The executive set, you know, part of it. <laughs> to say whether it was I really right. Is that what you said? And finally, Maror B'Pesach. Gamba alehem with their leaves as such, and gum bikalehem their stalks, their roots. Lam. But if they're cooked, boiled, or anything else, and it loses its taste, So I think it's been an interesting part of the methodology of the Talmud, how they take authority. The Shmata, the the the, hearsay, the real learning, and you also learned a little bit of Pesach. So, thank you. We'll see you next time.